I have my 149,171 followers, and uh, I, I, I'm proud to say that I love them all, and uh, that uh, I do read them, and I do answer as much as I can. You get a lot of likes. Um, it's like 10,000 likes on everything, so it's not you can do it all. Don't be jealous. I am jealous. Don't be it's jealous. Just, I can feel It's so your, impressive. No. Well, it's hard work, and I haven't shown my boom boom. <laughs> without being there with a bikini all day long um so they're they're real they're for real and they really connect to to their their realness to the authenticity i think the most important advice is um and going back to the challenges it's be on time be real be passionate about what you're doing find your purpose and be yourself it's it's very important to be yourself that's eglantina zing She's a model, TV personality, entrepreneur, and activist. I'm your host, Patrick McGinnis, and this is FOMO Sapiens, part of the HBR Presents Network. My name is Patrick McGinnis, and I'm the guy who invented the term FOMO. That's short for fear of missing out. Today, FOMO is an epidemic, and it's changing us so much that it sort of feels like we're evolving into a new species. But FOMO doesn't have to take over your life. You can find the power to choose what you actually want and the courage to miss out on the rest. I'll show you how right here on FOMO Sapiens. FOMO. 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 Welcome to FOMO Sapiens, the show where I interview people who are changing the world and ask them how they choose from among the many opportunities and options in their busy lives. As much as it may give you FOMO, social media can also be used for good. In fact, it can change things for the better. From the Green Revolution in Iran to the Me Too movement, social media has served to raise awareness, bring people together, and drive critical conversations in society. At the center of these movements, there are always people. Behind all of the technology, it's people who are shaping the message. And today, I have one of those people here with me. Listen to this. She has roughly 150,000 Instagram followers, and just in the past few months, she posted photos with people like Richard Branson, Oscar-winning director Alfonso Cuaron, billionaire Nicholas Bergruen, fashion designers Carolina Herrera and Donna Karen, pop stars Enrique Iglesias and Ricky Martin, Michael Bloomberg, and former Chilean president Michelle Bachelet. Wow, I am getting all the FOMO on this one. And here's the best part. This isn't about vanity. She does it all to raise awareness for the causes that matter most to her. Born in Venezuela, Eglantina Zing is an actor, TV host, model, and social entrepreneur. Her television career started at MTV Latin America, where she was the host of the daily show El Gueveo, and she later hosted Project Runway Latin America. As a model, she's been on the cover of magazines such as Elle, Marie Claire, GQ, Maxim, and Vogue. In addition to her entertainment career, Eglantina launched Project Peace Latin America, or Proyecto Paz Latino America, which promotes the values of peace through sports, music, and culture in the most vulnerable communities in the region. And most recently, she launched Goleadoras, an innovative digital platform that uses soccer to empower girls across the continent. Eglantina is continuously commissioned by the United Nations as an agent of peace. Welcome to FOMO Sapiens, Eglantina Zing. Gracias. Thank you very much. ¿Cómo estás? Happy to be here at Fomo Sapiens. Um, well, I'm well, glad to have you here as well. Yeah. Okay, so I want to start with the question I ask all of my guests. So, um, 
Everybody feels a little FOMO sometimes. What turns you into a FOMO sapiens? Hmm. Well, you know, um, I guess at this moment, sometimes not being in Venezuela uh, will give me some sort of this thrill that I want to be there and uh, and just scream in front of Miraflores. Cese la usurpación! Get out of here! But um, no, I'm very happy that I'm here. And, um, and you know, most of my days I'm... I'm very satisfied where where I am, but um, yeah, sometimes you know, being in the beach in this winter days in New York or drinking a coconut. But most mostly FOMO I've been feeling for the past two months about not being in um, in um, in Venezuela. And when was the last time that you were able to actually travel back to Venezuela? 2016. Yeah, so that's a long time to not go home. Argentina, I have a question for you. So I, I follow you on Instagram. I've been watching where you, you first of all, you travel all these places. Um, you have this really fun and exciting life, and it's a lot of hard work too. But you managed to get all these famous people to support the causes you believe in. You sort of end up being where they are. So you're, you know, with all the people I mentioned in the introduction. And I'm just wondering, like, how do you get them involved? So do you text them? Do you just run into them? Do you email them? Do you talk to their agent? Like, how do you get them involved in what you're doing and what's the secret to getting people disarmed and getting involved in supporting the things that you care about? Well, you know, they already know that when they see Eglantina in the street, they have to run. <laughs> I already, I tap their Google Maps and I know exactly where they are. So I jump over and say, like, hey, pictures, so give me a video. No, uh, through, through my, as I said, I, I believe when you do something with honesty and from your heart and from you, you know your passion uh, people connect to it and they tap and I'm just very grateful that along my career I've been able to meet some very incredible people and that today I can um, you know connect with them to to create a positive impact and to support us in goleadoras and to support us in uh, in my life mission of making this world a healthier society a better place and and to level the grounds for all girls and all women to have equal opportunities. Okay, well, you kind of didn't tell us exactly. I know you have your secrets and you can't reveal them, but I want to put this out there. To any of the people that are on the Instagram of my guest here, if you want to be on mine, um, <laughs> you can totally do that. Love to have you, especially the pop stars. That's that, you know, like Alejandro Sanz, I'm waiting. I love Latin pop. I went to your concert, Alejandro, so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Alejandro. No, well, you know, it's, what's the secret? Be honest, be authentic. And yeah. uh, why would you want to be somebody else? Everybody else is taken. So when things... <laughs> that's a good, it's <laughs> a very good one. So, you know, people connect to authenticity. So I, I want to tell people, for people who don't know you, so in Latin America, you know, you have been working for a long time. You, you've done things in the States, but you're newer here. And, and your life story is really cool. And I remember when we first met, um, you told me about how you grew up in, in this rural part of Venezuela and kind of ended up here in New York City. So t for people who maybe haven't met you before, like, who are you? Tell us about yourself. Uh, well, it's like the, 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 you know that song from um, Guns N' Roses, Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. It's <laughs> a little bit of the playlist of my life. <laughs> Welcome to the Jungle. There I was welcomed when I was first, um, you know, probably in my uh, early months and in my mom's belly as well. Um, Venezuelan, most of it, most of all, and uh, before anything, it's like in my heart, in my blood. I love my country. Uh, I love my people and... 
the um, they have a, a special sense of humor a, a a human quality that it's um that is very embracing and and loving um my father loved the jungle and loved nature and we're lucky to have a country that it's full of little jewels you know you have from uh, the andes that you have um all the cordillera of los andes we have snow and then you have all the coast you have the caribbean you have uh, los llanos and then you have a little bit of the amazons and um before I was born, my father decided that he wanted to explore the Amazons and, and uh, you know, he fell in love with the place and, and started to sp- spend much of his life there and build something out of, 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 of nature. And, um, and then my mom was, you know, pregnant and they flew this. She plane. didn't have any other option. He's like, I got to go option. with you. <laughs> <laughs> and she was the co-pilot of a DC-3 which is our, I'm not sure if you know anything about planes, but it's Douglas DC-3. It's a very old plane, but they're one of the most safest planes in the world, and they still fly after 60 years. And it's a big, big, like it looks like a whale kind of thing. And the sound of it, it's amazing. It's like... And uh, she was a co-pilot of this plane for the nine months that she she was pregnant with me. And then um, we kept going back to the Amazon, spending long, long periods of time there. And... It, it, it definitely marked my life. I think it taught me one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in my life, I think, which are the three principles that I, I take everywhere I, I go and in, any, in anything that I do. It's like your perspective of who you are in this world. You know, we're like this little tiny humans with big egos and we think we can stop climate change and save the planet. The planet's still going to be there, you know. It's... We are the ones who are the dinosaurs that that, um, that have this idea that that we're going to save the planet, save humanity, and that's why it's so important to teach kids the values and principles that they are going to create jobs or companies or industries or the way they live their life, um, taking in consideration, you know, the impact they they do um, to the planet and to humanity in itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also taught me about like the coexistence, teamwork. You know, there's so many different species, and they all have a balance in a way. Uh, there is, you know, the ones that are stronger, survivals, the predators, but there is a balance in coexisting, all of them together. And uh, I find it hard to believe that as humans we haven't been able to find that balance of coexistence with, with love and respect. Uh, competition, motivation, yes, absolutely, but not with this um, cynical cycle of putting people down so you can feel a little bit better and um, and just all this um, toxic kind of information that we keep seeing every day through through all the medias and uh, and anything that we eat or watch or things you know meat was bad milk is bad but 10 years ago milk was does the body good you know I, I don't know it's it's funny how we um, how we develop our, our, our products and the things that we do. And the third biggest lesson that the Amazon taught me is about the power of being a woman, uh, women. Um, the Amazons is named after the Greek uh, Omero, the biggest poet, writer, thinker, philosopher. Is that right? I had no idea. Yeah, um, the Amazons. He described the Amazons as this island in the Greek islands, and uh, there was... Um, uh, the the population was only women. They were warriors. They were very strong. 
Well, that well, Wonder Woman comes from there. Hippolyta was the queen of the Amazons. Mm. And then uh, when um, when uh, they went and con- the Spanish conquered uh, Latin America, they were in Peru, and there's the um, Tupac, uh, the king of the Incas, right. and his brother Huascar. Um, you know they 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 were gonna they already had uh, uh, Tupac as a prisoner, and Waskar supposedly left with the treasure with gold and diamonds and left to um, towards Ecuador. So Pizarro sent one of his best men to follow him, and he got lost with all his soldiers in the middle of this gigantic river, which is the Amazon River, and uh, apparently he got. Um, beaten up by this women warriors that uh, they were there and he when he finally made it out and half of his men were killed he described them as the amazons and uh, that's why they named that river the amazons and uh, it has that power so um i think every women are you know we all women are so powerful and have we're much stronger than we what we think we are and um and those are the lessons that i learned from living in the jungle you so you had this career enviable career mm-hmm. but then you say okay that's great i built this platform and i'm going to use this to work on some things that i care about and and we're going to talk about these a lot more in, in, later in the show but mm-hmm. as you think about you know making this transition from the entertainment world to activism like what is that meant for you and how did you come to that decision well uh, i think it all started Back at my at my upbringing, uh, I did spend a lot of time in the Amazons, but at the same time, I spent it, you know my whole family lived in Caracas, so I have to go back and forth and went to school in Caracas and and, uh, and then when you got to the city and you have like you know they will teach me all about how how to behave and what's education and how to talk to people and to be this perfect girl with not climbing trees but like you know putting on <laughs> they like could, they, they couldn't get me off of the tree clothes. yes and fancy <laughs> clothes and i was like doing fashion shows and stuff like that um and uh but it's this two personalities the one with the machete and this warrior of the amazonian and then this perfect girl with all this uh set of of uh, of rules that you had to that you had to, you know, fulfill or behave accordingly, and um, and in a way, I questioned a lot of things, and and I was able to to bring those two personalities to coexist. Uh, I was very lucky to have the the power of of a, of a microphone, of a voice, of uh, of having that dream of working in television, and uh, and besides the fun part of hanging out with all this pop stars and rock stars and musicians and being cover magazines i understood at an uh, at an early age that i had the uh, that i had an opportunity a responsibility but mostly an opportunity to be able to use my voice and to create an impact and a positive change and that's where i started you know of uh, creating experimenting with the most popular sport in the world things that connect us so like music connects us and uh, but the most popular sport in the world it's soccer we call it football, but um, it transcends any race, any color, any gender, any sensibility, and uh, any age. So um, our first project started in 2011 in um, in Haiti, and uh, I had no idea about Was anything. Was that pre or post-earthquake, by the way? 
the earthquake happened when we were starting the oh project. Oh my goodness. So I, okay. I went there and it's like, no, I'm in Haiti. I speak no Creole. I have no idea. And anything's happening. This terrible earthquake happens. And people were really, it was, it was no show. You know, it was like, it's, there's no TV here. It's a real thing. People are dying. People are dead in the streets. Um, you know, violence is like up the, up the roof and hunger and all these crazy things that were happening and a magical little game started creating a community and that's where we went to the south part of Puerto Prince and started using all the los desplazados the people that were uh, left without homes and just trying to get them out of because all the bacteria and all the 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 um, all, all sort of things that were happening after an earthquake and right. such a devastation. So uh, and they embraced it. They loved the project. And now I'm very happy to say there are about 50,000 kids playing soccer in Haiti in five of the most important cities um, in the south of Haiti, in the northwest of Haiti, Cavillon, Puerto Prince, Lecay. And, um, and then, you know, I, I learned how to love the magic or how you can touch people's lives through, you know, simple solutions to, to big problems. And uh, I think every, every big problem has a very simple solution. So um, then it w I went to Venezuela and took it to Venezuela when we still could do things uh, in, in, in our country. Back in 2012, and we went to a zone called Petare, which is the biggest... Uh, it's the biggest slum, right? It's the biggest slum. It's yeah. the biggest uh, population. It's like about 3 million people that live there in very uh, basic rural conditions. Today, I don't know. If, uh, I have no idea how they are surviving at all. But... Um, but the project created a sense of community. Uh, for me, it was a challenge because also my country has this idea of bringing, uh, you know, for every girl, the biggest dream is to become a Miss Venezuela. Right. And um, so I got to host the Miss Venezuela, but every time I needed to to uh, describe one of the dresses for many of the girls of the States, I was like, and she's the goleadora, and she <laughs> scores goals, and everybody's like live television, and they were like, what's she saying? What is she saying? Uh, and I got, you know, girls to be interested in coming to join our program, and uh, successfully one of the girls that came out of our program, it's now the captain of the national team of Venezuela, she got a sponsorship to the University of Florida. She got nominated wow. by FIFA. So 17 years old. And, you know, she was able to change her life, change her community. And the whole sense in the community of Petare, um, you see how people are so loving and they have so much potential. And sometimes they just need one little hand of an opportunity. And it's not giving them something for free. Uh, I believe work and hard work gives uh, dignity to people, brings motivation, inspires them creates a healthier society and um and that's exactly what we did uh, these people that were you know all venezuelans that we've been into this um chavismo of socialism and communism of giving things away at the end as humans we're not as evolved to to talk about communism and ideas that a world sh should be equal people um need to learn how to as that saying goes, like teach them how to fish instead of giving them a fish. Uh, I think it's it's not just a cliche; it, it's actually the truth. And you got to teach people. Uh, and sports has that ability. Soccer has that ability of teamwork, of having common goals. 
not just your personal agenda uh, as it happens that it creates so much chaos and um, so many egos to feed and there's not enough space for so all those egos that's where I thought like you know there's about teamwork and then you know you can't really succeed if half of the population is excluded from any of the participation social economic political and I decided to create Coleadoras which is a program specifically dedicated for girls and by girls and uh, and here we are you're bringing this to the United States now and so you have to you know, customize. You've done this in Haiti. You've done it in Venezuela, which is which are totally different markets in the U.S. In the U.S., you're working in Queens, which is a community that's I believe it's the most diverse county in the United States. Which is we love that as New Yorkers. That's but fun. you've got to find a way to make this message relevant here. So you have this crazy hashtag, which is super memorable: "Girls with Balls." So what, what what's what what what's the what are the challenges and the opportunities of bringing this model to the United States? Well, it has been a learning process, and I think one of the greatest things in life is that you never stop learning. You just keep learning from everything. And uh, there were pilots, but like we started doing in Haiti, and then we fixed it up. Then um, you know uh, the program is sustainable and and uh, and kept going and uh, as I said when I was in Venezuela then you know that like, half of like everything is about teamwork and you don't have the girls involved and just having that uh, that visual of soccer being the most popular sport in the world and yet in 70% of the countries around the world girls and women are banned from playing soccer even countries they are banned from being spectators and watching wow. soccer so women's rights are human rights and it's just about basic decency so the united nations at this point i've worked with all the you know half of like most all of their uh, divisions in haiti venezuela mexico colombia they invited me for a youth conference here and uh for me it was like you know it comes from an early age from what is expected for girls to do and even in their parents and their families um most of the countries they will uh give a a big difference for for men than than women you know if they have to go to education you know who's who wants for a girl it's like no if you're not a lawyer don't worry you know man will a man, a man will fix it for you that's not the way that i was raised and and uh, i was tired of seeing this this um this kind of attitude that girls have like no you know i'm not that strong you know no like very sumisa uh, submissive uh, or or pendeja <laughs> right not going to translate that one <laughs> in Spanish and you see all these brilliant women and strong women that are prisoners of their own society or their own expectations or their own families and uh, I, I, you see the, the raw talent and why is it not you know why is it not shining why are not they're they not participating more in politics and they're not you know being the CEOs of their companies or why they're not taking as many risks as the men are expected to do you know men they tell you Stand up like a man. Don't cry because you're a man. And parara and girls are. It's okay if you know you you play like a girl or all this kind of 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 um, of words that they use to describe how a girl plays, how a girl acts, how a girl is supposed to behave. And um, you know, I'm a little bit of a rebel. And my rock and roll from MTV came out, mm-hmm. and I wrote this manifest. It's girls with balls, and that's what I that was that was my speech at the youth conference. Uh, the United Nations here during the General Assembly, and they just like I had a standing ovation. Uh, ban Ki Moon was the Secretary General at that moment, and uh, he uh, 
gave me this title that I that I appreciate very much with my heart as a goodwill ambassador. And um, I decided to come and, and do it here in New York and start doing the method of Girls With Balls and like developing that method to be specifically to give the girls, any girl, they don't have to be good at soccer, especially the ones that are not good at soccer. I wanted to come and have that experience and, and be able to, to find their own personality and find their own purpose. But you're not gonna find it just sitting down at your house and just feeling miserable. Um, it's a sort of education that brings you up with principle, that gives you a, uh, a, a sisterhood. So the method is divided in three main components, which is leadership and communication and uh, um, health and wellness, and the other one is life administration. And with this, what we look, you know, I don't want to focus on the negative of everything that all the statistics that you see about how femicides and teenage pregnancies and how, you know, uh, women are so um, left out in the world. I just want to focus on giving them the, you know, you can do it, you're amazing in creating those capabilities, in maximizing those abilities and uh, in that wake up call. And every time you say girls with balls, you know, they feel some sort of, uh, of um, you know, it breaks the conversation for any for anybody. And we do that with a every every week they have a 90 minute practice they have a tournament every month and then they have an all-star tournament that it's played at the un during the general assembly with uh best goleadoras from around the world last year we won the cup and uh that was a, a big um milestone and great motivation for for them and and for me that you know it's a very effective dynamic way of educating of uh, of creating a healthier society in every way not just mind in the mind but in their attitudes and in their health in general uh, they need to run after a ball so they they sweat they fall they know that they can overcome obstacles it teaches you how to lose how to win how to share victories and how to keep going after you know repetition you have to have the discipline to every day go and do things for work for 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 life for any muscle that you want to build in your body especially your heart i love that and i love the fact that you're doing this in a way that couldn't have been done 20 years ago because without social media, and we talk about social media a lot on the show and the evils of social media are something that you hear a lot about. Everybody now is sort of hating on social media. But uh, the, uh, if you think about it, um, 20 years ago, you didn't, you as an entertainer or as somebody you know, that's, that's done the things you've done wouldn't have had a direct channel with your following. You would have to go on TV and you know, maybe you'd, you'd have to talk to the producer and say, okay, at the end of the show, I want to pitch this or that. Now, you know, if you like what we're talking about, you can follow either of us on Instagram. You can actually message with us. Maybe, you know, people respond, by the way. Um, John Mulaney, the comic, didn't respond to my invitation to be on the show. So, John, if anybody John. knows John, just tell him to respond to my I think he'd be great on the show. But anyway. I'm going to go find him on my He lives down the street. So, <laughs> um, but, but it is, that is like, that is the beauty of modernity. And it's, it's the reason why. There is entire social movements like what's happening in Venezuela or many other places in the world that could only happen because of social media. And you, you that's what you're doing. And so uh, that's a very scalable, low-cost way to move the needle on something you're trying to build. And for the listeners of this show, given the fact that you've done this so effectively, I just wanted to pick your brain. I think we, I certainly want a little advice. You know, I'd like to, to learn from you. So I have a couple questions around this, this social media sphere, which is, you know, number one, what's the secret to building a big following? Other than buying, um, <laughs> buying <laughs> followers. Well, I have my hundred and forty-nine 
1,171 followers. And uh, I, I, I'm proud to say that I love them all and uh, that uh, I do read them and I do answer as much as I can. You get a lot of likes. Um, it's like 10,000 likes on everything, so it's not you can do it all. Don't be jealous. I am jealous. Don't be it's jealous. Just, I can feel It's so you. impressive. No. Well, it's hard work and I haven't shown my boom boom. <laughs> without being there with a bikini all day long um so they're they're real they're for real and they really connect to to their their realness to the authenticity i think the most important advice is um and going back to the challenges it's be on time be real be passionate over what you're doing find your purpose and be yourself it's it's very important to be yourself. I remember I read this article, and probably a lot of people have read it. It's sort of like 1,000 true fans. And the point is, like, you don't need, like, it would be nice to have 4 million followers. I, I'd be fine with that. But if you have 5,000 people, if you say you're building a business, right? So this is for the entrepreneur who says, how do I use social media? It's not about having the numbers that, you know, and a lot of people buy fake followers just because it feel like it should pad their stats and will be taking more credibly. doesn't matter. If you have people who actually care about what you're saying and you're able to interact with them in a meaningful way, that's the whole point. That's where you strip out all the BS from social media and actually get to something real and good. Um, and, and the problem is that the adulterization of that or the corruption of that to the point where it's sort of like a race for likes, that's where things go off the rails and where the whole thing becomes a, a disaster. But, um, the way you actually build a true movement, I mean, yeah, it, I'm sure you're happy to get a bunch of likes, but that doesn't really move the needle for you. It's about mobilizing people to know, like, you know, there was just this Venezuela Live Aid concert a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago in February of 2019, and, and you were there, and I was following it, and it really moved me. And, and what I thought about this is, this, like, this isn't about a race for likes. This is about using a tool to raise consciousness about something that we should all know about, but we're all busy. We have a lot going on in our lives, and, you know, you're dealing with whatever it is in your daily life, but it should, for that minute that you're on Instagram or whatever it is, you are aware of something that is important and maybe that will spark you to give money or to change the way you think about the world. And if all of us can do that, that actually is, is the great thing about social media because social media gives us access to information we could have never had a decade ago. I mean, it's just impossible. So, so I, I'm not, a, I'm not saying that I'm defending social media necessarily, I that, you know. but I am <laughs> saying that it is a very empowering tool. And when used appropriately, as you have done, um, it can actually, you know, it's a very low cost way to, to build a support for something that you want to do. And all of us can do this, which is really important. It's not just, you know, I mean, I, again, you have a, a huge following, but you don't even need that necessarily. And, and, and if you start small, you may get much bigger and have even more impact. So it's kind of awesome. And it's, it's much more satisfying, you know, when, when you know that you, your followers are there for real and they connect with your, with, with your story. Um, it's uh, it's a very powerful tool and it's immediate you know you don't have to wait for the paper the next day or you don't have to have a television to exactly. be able to like wait for the reporter to send the signal and blah 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 it's immediate you have it on your phone you can uh, you can just and you have a voice you can com comment you can o you can have your own opinion and um, that's, I think, where the challenge goes because people become followers. You know, you have it, so followers. And I'm intrigued, and I, I have nothing against the Kardashians. I think they're fantastic. And it's like the, they reshaped everything that has to do with, uh, with um, 
advertisement or any industry, you know, for having, you know, having the Kardashians talk about something means the world will learn about it. And uh, you have the Kardashians, Kim Kardashian, I think, has 80 million, 80 million followers or something Maybe. like that. Yeah, she's just behind Serena, uh, Selena Gomez. I think Selena's number one. Okay, no, I think Kim passed her already. Oh, no, no, I'm, d so. I'm team Selena on this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do it. We're not, we're, we're not fighting over teams. I think they're all amazing. But I find that, that you know, President Guaido, Juan Guaido, which is the president, legitimate president of Venezuela, and yeah. the only one, um, you know, with all his hard work and creating concerts and moving humanitarian aid and raising funds and trying to fight the freedom for more than 30 million Venezuelans and something that affects not only Venezuela, the whole hemisphere yes. and, and mostly the whole world. At this moment, Venezuela is a focus for ISIS, for La Farc, for everything that is the worst causes of humanity that at the end will affect us all even if you're in the States or if you're in Paris or if you're in London. And to have him have three million followers with everything that, he, you know, risking his life every day, you say yes. like, you know, maybe where are the priorities of, of, of human beings? Yes. And, uh, um, you know, so I just saw Oprah and I felt like I was baptized and blessed. <laughs> and, you know, she's like girls with balls. She's a supporter of goleadoras and I'm quite excited about that. And uh, and she she's a person that inspires so much faith in humanity and uh, who's a great listener and who who th through her you know the soulful um, way of seeing things and her str own struggles and and her own overcoming and achieving her 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 career her life as as from television to an, an entrepreneur to being this this goddess um, could inspire us all, you know, so much. But it's still, you know, Kim has more followers than Oprah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> well, I follow the president, Gaido. I have been following him, and I really like his site. And, and, and Oprah Winfrey, obviously, is a great role model for all of us because she is a she's a true entrepreneur, right? And she, but she's also kind of built this whole social cause. And in fact, there's an interesting. Now, I'm not plugging Harvard Business Review, but I guess I am because there's a case from Harvard about Oprah that. Um, we should all read, and she actually, I believe, goes to school to talk about it, all about the business of being Oprah, and um, and she visits the classroom oftentimes to talk about it with students, and everybody I've, who's ever been in that room said that, like, she is, I mean, you've just met her, she is, she is, the, she's the real deal. So, I want to end the show with the... Are we done yet? No. Nearly. I don't want to leave. I want to end the show. You, apparently, you have a hard Cens stop in seven minutes. Censura. Um, this is the show about finding the power to choose what you actually want in business and life and the courage to miss out on the rest. So based on everything you've told us today and your experiences, uh, what's the secret? The secret is be authentic. It's be you, you know, you won't be able to miss anything if what you're doing is really what you want to do. Yes. And, uh, and, and that transcends. So, uh, I want to stay here. So maybe I can take over your show. Um, you kind of already have, haven't you? Lo puedo hacer en español. Obvio, vamos a hacer toda una edición en español. That's a secret, I think. Be yourself, and that's my only advice, and keep learning, and always listen to people. Every day you learn something, and just um, while you're satisfied with yourself, it's like if you think my life is great, it's ten times better than what you think it is. Because I just feel so satisfied with everything I do, even on the tough days. There's something that uh, will, you know, make it better, and uh, that inspiration and that struggle and that discipline just brings you to to a fulfillment that is indescribable.
I love, I love, I've never heard anybody say that before. And I think I'm going to start using that. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. So, so for all the people who just met Eglantina, where we find you, where can we find out more about you, about Goleadoras, about all the things you're doing? Hola. Hola, soy Eglantina. You can uh, follow us on Instagram or Twitter, Eglantina Zing, and there's Goleadoras. You want to spell that because you're, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a name. Eglantina Zing. <laughs> yeah, I, that name gave me a lot of personality. I was named after my two grandmothers, Eglantina del Carmen. Uh, E-G-L-A-N-T-I-N-A, and Zing is Z-I-N-G-G. And Goleadoras is G-O-L-E-A-D-O-R-A-S. Goleadoras. Goleadoras means winner, winners. Perfect. And so people should check you out. There's lots of fun You're stuff. You're not following Goleadoras. Um, mm. We'll mm. we'll take care of that mm. shortly. That will be taken care of. I kind of feel like your 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 sort of main account. I get a lot of the goleadoras, but I will I will follow both. Oh, I'm going to start putting a lot more goleadoras in my main account. All right, fine, done and dusted. Thank you. We have a deal. Well, thank you for coming by, Latina Zing. Uh, best of luck, and we cannot wait to follow all of your new adventures. Break a leg. Love being here. Thank you. Gracias. Ciao. Besos. FOMO. And now it is time for the FOMO moment of the show. This is the time on the show where I talk about FOMO and its role in popular culture, or I tell you about something that's giving me FOMO or maybe will give you FOMO. This week, I want to talk about a band called Pretty Much, which just announced that they will be spending the summer of 2019 on the road in what they are calling the 2019 FOMO Tour. Now, given the name of the tour, I figured I had to learn more about this group pretty much because I had not heard of them. And I found out that they're a boy band that was brought together by Simon Cowell of American Idol in an effort to replicate the success of another boy band, One Direction. So basically, they kind of had boy band FOMO, I guess. And I guess that's the reason why I haven't heard of them because other than the Backstreet Boys, which are, you know, obviously the greatest boy band that ever lived. I haven't been listening to that many boy bands, but I decided that I would listen to pretty much his latest single, which is called Blind, so you don't have to. And my review, unfortunately, is that it's a hard pass. Sorry, pretty much, your song is pretty much terrible. FOMO. If you have an idea for the FOMO moment of the week or you have a question, reach out to me at letsconnect at patrickmcginnis.com or send me a tweet at pjmcginnis. Also, you can take the official FOMO Sapiens diagnostic at patrickmcginnis.com slash FOMO-quiz and find out if you're a FOMO Sapiens. FOMO Sapiens is part of the HBR Presents Network. The show is produced by AW360 and recorded in New York City. Theme music is by Mike McGinnis. If you like today's show, please be sure to subscribe, rate it, and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me at patrickmcginnis.com. You can also take the official FOMO diagnostic at patrickmcginnis.com slash FOMO-quiz to find out if you're a FOMO sapiens. 